Welcome to Effed Up Successes, the weekly creative entrepreneur's podcast about failing upwards and navigating the journey of authentic growth. It's 2020 and we could all use a drink. One of our favorite places, Walsh Family Wine, is officially open for guests and welcoming all of our wine sipping listeners to enjoy a chilled glass of vino in their chicly decorated space or open our patio. I'm so thirsty, Rachel. I love their I want to go to Walsh right now. Let's go. Let's talk about it. Reservations are strongly recommended, and currently they're not offering food, but that means you get to bring a picnic. Who doesn't love a picnic? What's better? charcuterie right pack now. Pack up some charcuterie and some sandwiches. Yeah. Pack the kiddos in the car. Get yeah. over to Walsh. Speaking of kiddos, all ages are welcome. The best. And dogs are welcome. Which is even better. Even better. Even better than that. Who doesn't want to drink wine and pet dogs? It's my dream. And even though it's hot as hell in Virginia right now, you get to go inside as long as you're wearing your mask, but they are limiting groups to 10 people or less. Bring your like couple best friends, put your masks on, get a bottle of wine to share. So again, remember reservations are strongly recommended and can be booked on the visit tab of their website, which is walshfamilywine.com. You can also go there to sign up for their wine club for sweet discounts and recurring wine orders to get you through 2020 because that's what we definitely all need right now. I want wine at a discount so I can drink more of it. Every morning, every night, I need a wine break. Sounds great. We'll see you guys at the winery. See you there. (laughs) Pump it up. Pump, pump, pump it up. And we're good. And we're, we're good. Alive. We do have our pump up juice, actually. We Go do need pump. to have pump. What is that song called? Like pump up the Bitch jam. Pump. Oh. Pump the, yeah. Uh-huh. I thought you were talking about the cow jam. one. Jam. Yeah. So <laughs> All right, Lenny. How are you doing today? I'm so good. You're doing great? I'm great. You look lovely. I love your rainbow headband. Thank you. It's Thank so you. Cute. It's giving me a headache, so I took it off, but I do oh. love it. Well, I, I love it, even yeah. though it's not on your head right now. I know. Um, I we both today are wearing something from Tiny Tassel. Yes. They don't sponsor us, but they should. They we're should. Gonna, we're going to just we're gonna tag you guys and shamelessly. We'll, we'll plug you anyways. They're a really, really cute um, boutique shop in Charleston mm-hmm. that's absolutely adorable. I actually went there a couple years ago and got their adorable tassel earrings, so they're super fun. And Lenny's got a rainbow headband, and now we got to get Megan something. we got to get the office puppy something cute, too. You did. I got, um, oh, those are from New they're Orleans. Not, yeah. <gasps> but yeah. they're tassel-y. They're tassel That's true. They're tassel yeah. I got you a different tassel from a different city. We're that's all true. about tassels here on this podcast. I love tassels. Yeah. How are you doing today, Anyways, I'm good. I'm very busy. Like I said, we've got this, I don't know if we talked about it in the last episode, but I have a foster puppy with me. Yes. He's a little crazy. Oh, Manny. So cute. He was very, Manny, short for Manchego. Um, he was a little, he was actually terrified of everything. Literally wouldn't stand up. We'd have to pick him up a big pile of like wonky limbs, pick him up, carry him outside, pick him up, carry him back inside. Now he like literally follows me everywhere. Um, but he's still a puppy. And he still like pees where he's not supposed to pee. Of course. And I'm still a germaphobe and a maniac, and it still makes me crazy. So Adrian's constantly like, "Don't! It's he's just a puppy. He doesn't know." And I'm like, "But I need to be loud and scary, see who he knows not to do that." So Aww. that's the. It's like for a second, and then he's like, "Let me bite your ankle." So <laughs> you know, he doesn't care. He's it's puppy memory, you know. It's puppy memory. So that's it. Just been a long week. Long busy week, yeah. With wedding stuff, which is like wild, right? Exciting weddings yeah. are happening again. I know you've been up here like every day this week, basically. Literally every day, yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then of course I'll be there. I'll be up here tomorrow too for a tasting. So it's just been tasting, walkthroughs, meetings, nonstop. It's like I went from zero to 120. Yeah, so easy. Yeah, I like it though. I like to be crazy. I've been waking up at five every day, not voluntarily. It's because the dog is howling at me. Um, but yeah, it's been. I'm just very tired all the time. Yes. Tired. <laughs> I'm thinking of like upping my, my coffee to something stronger, like meth, maybe. Meth. Yeah. Yeah, that'll know, give speed. you energy, right? I don't know. I would never know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Meth, yeah, meth is a, what's it called? I don't know. I don't I think it's meth. I think it's cocaine. No, meth, coke, I feel like molly, coke would probably be a little bit better. None of us do drugs. Can we just like put that out here? Meth, coke, molly, <clears throat> and speed are all speed. amphetamines. Amphetamines. No, methamphetamine is an amphetamine. That's why it's methamphetamine. Maybe they're all off. There's stimulants. Maybe? If you I don't know. work for the DEA or you are a drug dealer, <laughs> or you are an FBI person, <laughs> either one of us, or either one of you, call yeah. us. We won't tell you about each other, um, but l- let us tell us what we're doing wrong. <laughs> yeah. Give me some meth. <laughs> oh my God. I can't. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm so tired. No, it's fine. Anyways, okay. so that's good. Yeah, I've got some craziness under my belt too. Lots of wedding stuff. Megan's yeah. over here, like. I'm just oh, like, man. wow, people are going to listen to this episode and be like, spice. wow, 
What drug what have you taken today? None yet. That's I know. The I do feel like Sporty Spice today, and I'm you like, really? Like spice. I'm feeling cute. it. We're actually, I feel like, I don't mean to like toot my own horn, but I feel like we all are very chic today, and it sucks. Awesome. I feel like I feel we, very chic. we should be televised, truly. We should be <gasps> the next Oprah. We should I feel do. Like the three of us could fill up her shoes, maybe. Who was the, the really horrible? Jenny Craig. No. <laughs> the um, Mari Povich. conspiracy theorist guy, Alex. Judge Judy. Alex Chuck Jones, Chanel. Alex Jones. Oh. <laughs> we could do an Alex Jones. Can we Jones do an Alex level. Jones? Segment? We've got to take our shirts off and pretend that we did like a before and after. Did you see that he sold like creatine <laughs> and it was he did it before and after, but it was just him like redder. You guys, in the second picture. Do the yourselves a favor body. and YouTube Alex Jones gay frogs. Yeah. <laughs> Oh just like God. if you have a few minutes today, just he's do that. The frog's gay. <laughs> he's so angry. So he's he's. Who like, do you think is crazier, that him or Rush Limbaugh? Oh you know who should we we should no. have on the podcast? No, either, either one of them. No, Alex Jones would be so fun to have on the podcast. Oh my gosh, he would never. He would Kool Aid Man straight through the the bottom <laughs> level of the podcast lounge, just straight through the wall. I'm here. Oh my Let's gosh. talk. <laughs> well, who else is here? We have something not to like change the subject from gay frogs Sporty and Spice, Megan. Sporty we Spice, have another AKA. fantastic guest on today. We have a lovely guest. Um, Who's we, not the Kool-Aid man. Not the Kool-Aid man. Thank you for not being the Kool-Aid man. We appreciate you for not busting down our walls. Um, we today have Andrea Whitehead of House of White. Um, welcome, Andrea. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I'm. I so badly wanted to just say, "Oh yeah." yeah. <laughs> That's the best. I was That's... like, "Do I just come full Colombian or no?" We're gonna like. Edit I'll try the to podcast. be more dignified than that. No, never. Listen. Do not. Do not worry about dignity on this podcast. Trust me. We have none of it here. Um, oh, it was so tempting. We just like blew out the speakers, laughing so I hard. I did. Really <laughs> sorry. I screamed very loud. It's making the frogs gay. Andreas, well, thank you so much for joining us today, and thank you for for already putting up with our nonsense. Um, oh first, no, this is fantastic. This is the part. perfect way to end my workday. So thank you. I love it. I love it. We're so excited to talk to you. Um, so you own House of White, which is a bridal mm-hmm. boutique. Do you, is it? Yes. Is that correct? Okay, fabulous. That is correct. Um, yes. And we, in your kind of questionnaire, your business mm-hmm. is basically what you your kind of hash, not hashtag, but tagline is like what it's known for: chic space, sweet people, beautiful gowns. I. Yeah. absolutely love that it sounds Thank like you. the best utopia ever um so tell <laughs> it us, is lovely tell us a little bit about you and tell us about your business and where you're located and all that fun stuff absolutely so we i started house of white in 2012 we are in uh very very southern indiana like from the front desk at house of white you can look over a river and see kentucky like we're know, at the bottom of the state and you know megan from indiana correct? i know megan gotcha. yes okay. megan Andrea, is one of my brides yes help me pick out my wedding dress guys. <gasps> oh I didn't yes. know that. We go way back wow <laughs> yeah okay. um, so yes megan was one of my lovely brides and um so yeah so it's it's just a sweet little boutique um I, I started House of White, like I said, in 2012, I had been to fashion school up in Toronto. I ended up in fashion school because I taught uh, middle school English for literally one calendar year. (laughs) We're definitely going to dig into that later. (laughs) I mean, the stories, it's, it's wild. Um, But yeah, I, I was a school teacher. I, uh, I was with, I was dating this Canadian boyfriend who had to go back to Canada for work and asked me to come along. I like, I, I have the one Canadian boyfriend that isn't fictitious. Um, he was real and he invited me to, he asked me to move to Canada with him and I decided to change careers while I was changing countries. And so I went I to fashion this. school. I feel like I'm seeing yeah. what my life would have been if, if I would have said yes to my Canadian. It's, yeah. it's like sliding doors, right? Like it's I crazy. often think about what could have been if I would have stayed in teaching. But um, yeah, you know, I I always think about that because I'm like, why didn't I save myself the four years of college tuition Ugh. going for the wrong degree? But, you know, I feel like we all have that story. And um Absolutely. A lot of people end up doing something completely different. I think in the in the grand scheme of things, I grew up in a very, very small town in Indiana. And How many stoplights did you have? Oh, that's a good question. I bet I could count it. I like bet I could two? count it on one hand. Maybe five. 
Maybe oh. five. Five star blight town is a pretty major. Five, I mean, you know, I have one in my village that I live in. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. But yeah, I I think I when I graduated high school, I was like, who's the coolest female I know, and what does she do? And she was my high school English teacher, so that's what I did Aww. because like. I mean, representation matters when, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of opportunities for women. You just go with what you have. So when I was in college, I remember once one of my girlfriends being like, Andrea, I keep forgetting you're majoring in education. I feel like you should be doing something cooler like fashion. And so I was like, damn it, you're right. I should be doing something cooler than that. So when I decided that teaching wasn't really for me, I was like, what do I want to do instead and I was like I want to go to I want to work in bridal gowns like something about bridal fashion just really spoke to me um there's something like really timeless about it I'm not like I don't thrive on trends but I do love fashion so I decided to go to fashion school I learned to sew design everything from scratch I did not know how to sew on a button um and by the end of fashion school like I sewed an entire, I designed and sewed an entire bridal line. So it was intense, but it was so cool. And I loved it. Um, and so, yeah, I, I really thought that my path was going to be working in fashion design. So I worked for a couple of different designers in Toronto on the production side, which was like, so eye opening. um, learning about how gowns are produced and what you can do with them. And, um, I worked, you know, I I took customer service calls and worked on the other side and spoke to stores who were doing what I'm doing now. So it kind of, it really gave me a lot of insight, but, um, I remember I was working for a designer and she had kind of like a VIP friend who she wanted to bring in to shop for her wedding gown for this girl's wedding gown. And, um, she's like, somebody needs to work with this girl, but we were like a production studio. We weren't, like a a boutique or a store, you know, we weren't set up for sales by any means, but they were like, Andrea, you're friendly. (laughs) You have that Midwestern charm about you. Why don't you um, work with this girl and help her find her wedding dress? So that was kind of like, I don't know, my, my segue into this. And um, like I said, I'm from the Midwest. I'm a people person and I just really had a knack for it. So a few years later, like I floated the idea to Chris, who I was then married to, and said, what if we moved back to my hometown and opened up a bridal boutique? And he was totally down. So that's what we did. So supportive. I know. It's so great. I have a super supportive man. What's up? Is he Canadian? He is Canadian. See? He's very Canadian. They're so nice. There's a theme. They fit in so well in the Midwest. Yeah. They're so nice. (laughs) Yes, he's he's very Canadian, but I'm nicer. Um, so <laughs> I don't know. I what, like you know shade. It's like a battle shade. between Midwest. It's still the nicest shade ever. <laughs> the Midwestern <laughs> Canadians, who's who's friendlier. That's like, so great. He's, he's very Canadian, but yes, he's not like this the sweet kind of puppy dog Canadians that you think of, that we think of them as. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, yeah, but he's he's funny. Yeah, I love it. Canadians are funny. I love them. They're a sweet people. They are so they're sweet. sweet they're so nice. They're, they're so nice. It's funny. Our last our last guest is actually Canadian too. Yeah. So we're learning so yeah. much about the Canadian, <laughs> our neighbors to the north. Yeah. That was uh, planned. I don't even know yeah. how we got I mean, on that. I lived there for seven years and I just, I love the, the, the subtle differences because you think it's going to be the same, but it's not. It's like, yeah. I don't know. You're just like, Oh, it's just, it's above the border. They speak English. Like what, what could be different? It's it's so different. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Canada. Mm -hmm. I knew nothing about Canada. 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 (laughs) Take your job back, Canada. I love Canada. I really like it. I'm ready to head north of the border, north or south. I don't care. Just get me out of here. I mean, yeah. Anyways. You could all use a break. <laughs> so great. Agreed. So tell us a little bit about kind of the day-to-day at your shop there. Like, what does it look like for you, a typical yeah. work there? Yes. So, you know, when I first started House of White, it was like a two-man show, the two men being myself and my husband, Chris. We were both here full-time. We, I saw every bride. Um we lived here. We actually, like, when we first opened the store, we lived above it um, in what is now the stock room. So, oh, I love uh, that. That is so we adorable. Just, 
like for the first like four years of owning House of White, um, I, I literally like ran everything myself. Then slowly, like we started taking on more staff once the business started to thrive. Um, and so now, uh, eight years later, we have a team of two full timers and one part timer. Uh, so that takes a little bit of the day to day off of me. I'm away from the sales floor, except for like a really high traffic days, which are generally Friday, Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm on the back end doing more branding stuff, all of our social media, um, you know, the, the bigger picture things for the business, um, which is, I think, you know, when you open a, when you own a business, um, that's kind of when things really shift is when you stop, when you stop working in your business and you're then working on your business. Um, and it's, wow, put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure I heard it from somewhere. Please don't give me credit. Um, but well, I'll take credit. I'll take credit. Listen, Midwest nice. Take Yes. Jeez. Um, we women, I swear. Uh, Uh, but yeah, it, it just kind of allows you to really start thinking about the growth of it and what new directions you want to go in. And, you know, we, we've, often thought about what next direction you want, we want to take the business in and how we want to evolve. Um, but then, you know, COVID, you know, you, you have a year where things are going along fabulously and then a pandemic arises. So you just never know. You just have to roll with it. Um, and having the right people, having the right staff, that just makes all of that possible. It doesn't, I mean, when I was doing everything myself, uh, if I had the flu, the business stopped. If I, you know, rolled my ankle, we, I couldn't see brides for that weekend and uh, that affects your sales. So, um, you know, being able to grow and being able to take on good full timers and staff that I love, uh, it just, it makes everything possible. I love that. I think, yeah. so as planners, like, I think it's really interesting, you know, a lot of our clients are like, oh, we're going to go pick up our, our gowns and dresses. Mm-hmm. And we don't really see all of the facets, you know, to owning yeah, sure. a boutique like that. So, right. um, you know, I think most people just show up and think, oh, I'm going to go pop in and, and just get my wedding dress. Can you tell us like how right. clients or maybe even us as planners prepare for like your client's appointments? <laughs> like, I was surprised. Like, yeah. I mean, when I first started like sending referrals to love clients to bridal yeah. boutiques, they were like, so what is it like? What's an appointment like? And I was like, um, that, yeah, right, really. like you right. Just go in and and dress, yeah. there's so much to it. Yes. And people really have no idea. And I, because why would you, you know, like, how would you ever know what it's like? Sure. Most of the times our brides have never bought a wedding dress before. They don't know what budget to expect, what time frame. A lot of times, you know, we have brides come in and they don't, they had no idea that you had to special order your gown. Um, so it's all new information for everybody. So we really just try to walk them through it as uh, sensitively as we can. Um, but yeah, like the bridal industry is so different because gowns are not mass produced. Like it's just not feasible to do that. It's kind of like red carpet gowns. Like sure. they don't, you know, they don't make them in mass. They don't do a full size run. Um, because they are so expensive. And so um, you you typically order your gown around eight months, nine months before your wedding. Ideally, um, you can do it sometimes quicker, but then the process is just a little bit more rushed and hurried. Uh, but so yeah, you, you come to us, you book an appointment. Um, we generally operate by appointment as most boutiques like ours do. Um, because of COVID, we're strictly by appointment. But um, we book our brides in for about 90 minutes, uh, give or take. Some brides take that full 90 minutes. Sometimes we push and we'll have brides who've been here for two and a half hours looking for their dress. But um, you work one-on-one with our stylists. And that is why I, I love having a small staff, but like a predominantly full-time staff. They're not just like high school girls who were working part-time doing this, you know, yes. a few hours here and there. They're like career stylists, Love which it. is great. Um, but it's really about just talking to the bride, trying to figure out her personal style and what she really wants out of all of this. Um, 
because every bride is so different. No right. two brides are the same and everybody wants their experience to be different. Uh, I mean, you can really tell right away if you're working with a bride and sh this is like a, a big event for her. She's been looking forward to bridal gown shopping and she is into it. And then, you know, that's the kind of experience that she wants to have. But sometimes right. you have a bride who comes in who she's like, I am not a girly girl. I I'm not feeling this. I just want to get a dress and get, make this be yeah, over. Uh -huh. yep. And, and when that's the case, it's like, okay, girl, we're, we're going to talk about work. We're going to talk about current events. We're not going to chat weddings. Yep. We're just going to try on gowns get and get her done. Right. I, exactly. I love that you take that approach because we, I think Lenny and Maggie, you probably can both agree with me here. We do have couples and clients that run the gamut. Like yeah. I, I yes. definitely have the client that's like, I want to go to Kleinfeld and have right. the full experience mm -hmm. and say that I went there and bring all 20 of my girlfriends right. and like it's right. a whole experience. <laughs> and then I have other, other clients that are just like, I, I don't care. I just like literally the first thing that I can pick up off the rack that I like and doesn't look gross on me. I'm going to exactly. Gonna they, like I said, they just want it to be quick, right. easy and over. And, and I get that. Like I don't fault them for that at all. And we just, we want to be able to provide whatever they're wanting. I love that. It's good to know respect. too that you're flexible on that because I feel like yeah. maybe it's just me, but I think there are certain places in our area at least Absolutely. that basically it's like if a bride comes to me and says, this is what I want. I'm going to say, great. I'm going to send you to this place. Yes. And they say, I want the right. opposite of that. It's a different place. So it's really cool <laughs> right. that you kind of have the, intu the intuition to know, okay, mm -hmm. this client is coming in and she's telling me this is what I'm looking for. And sure. I can kind of read between the lines and also right. see like what, what her kind of overall demeanor is and say, okay, you're telling me this, this is what I'm going to offer you and not try to fit them into that mold. Because I think there are exactly some people that feel that's a lot of the times I, it's not the dresses. It's 100% no. the service. I've had clients that say, well, I really liked this dress from this boutique, um, but I just felt really rushed and I felt like they just didn't care. Right. So mm -hmm. I have the designer's mm -hmm. name and I have the, the, you know, the, the name of the dress. I'm going to see if I can find it somewhere else, somewhere yeah. that I like right. to shop. And I don't think a lot of dress boutiques know that. No. Like, I, I, right. No. They don't, they don't care, but. It's so, so true. And I mean, I think that there are times when a bride's come in looking for a specific vision like she has a specific vision for her gown and we're like you know what that's just not really what we do here like every store has a look every store has a particular client or particular style that they that is their bread and butter and you know I've had brides come in and say like I'm wanting this which is very different than what we do but we're like, we're going to show you gowns. We're going to have a good time. And uh, in, in the end, they end up buying something completely different. And I feel like they're just like, we just liked you guys. And we liked this this space and this moment. Yep. And it was such a great experience. And I'm like, I hope like we don't, I know that we're, I know that we're not like swaying them, but yeah, it's like just the experience and the trust and yep. um, they're buying you along with the dress Absolutely. and they're buying this experience along with the dress. Yeah. So that's so, so, so crucial. I mean, yeah. we are mm -hmm. in, in the service industry and even though yes. you are selling a product, you are still in that same industry. You're selling you. And yeah, yeah right. it's, it is a luxury experience. Mm -hmm. You know, like any, right. we've talked about this before, any of our couples can go to the courthouse, like wear whatever they want, show up, get the marriage license and be done with it. People are exactly. doing this because they're expecting the luxury yes. of this. Mm -hmm. And, and, and mm -hmm. they're not, I mean, they're spending a decent amount of money on this too. This is a special right. thing. So, you know, yes. to, to basically have... Um, that at the forefront of your mind as this is the client experience I would like to create is I think such a big thing. So. Yeah. Right. Like from day one, I always said, I was like, we are hosting these brides and you know, it's like when you're hosting someone in your home, they don't, they don't, they shouldn't have to ask you for <laughs> a beverage or they shouldn't have to ask you for anything. Like a host just knows a good hostess just knows they need this. They need that. I'm going to show them this. We're going to keep it light. The music is going to be right. Like every detail is to provide them a great experience from start to finish. And if you're doing it well, then they don't even know that you're doing it. Like it's just yep. a, a wonderful environment and they're just happy to be there. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that too. You know, when we were talking to Megan about having you on, you know, as a guest, <laughs> like one of the, the big selling points was that you really do make it about like the experience. And mm -hmm. we also talked about how you are 
progressive um, mm-hmm. and you're, you know, talking yes. about like being flexible and almost inclusive. It sounds like it's something that you mm-hmm. are like, if we look at places, maybe like, I don't want to say Kleinfelds, but like, you know, different right. places that are very much like we have a type of person. It sounds like you're kind right. of, you're more flexible and you're allowing people that maybe wouldn't have the same experience, you know, into your, yes. your salon. Now, do you find that like having... I don't want to say this. Obviously, Indiana is the Midwest. We assume that everybody right. is progressive too, but we know that that's not the case. Do you, right. do you, did you find it? To, it's definitely it's not. not. We know it's not. We're trying. Yeah. We're really trying. It's, it's work. It's a work in progress. But do you find that it's really right. hard kind of to be that inclusive and progressive in a predominantly white area? I think it's tough because you you want to be inclusive and progressive, but you don't want you don't want to appear as if you don't want to play into tokenism. You don't want to appear disingenuous. Um, I, I know in my heart that I've always thought about my Instagram feed and, and having non-white faces in there. Have I always been great about it? No. And could I always have done better? Absolutely. But I have always been cognizant of it and worked and strived for it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do think that I do think that in this area of the Midwest, um, well, in a, a lot of communities like mine in Middle America, people write things off as like, well, you know, our area just isn't very diverse. Our our our, our town just isn't very diverse, and that's not true. Our our towns are very segregated, and those are two very right. different things. Right. That com- the black community is there. Um, and you you just have to be open and welcoming to them and reach out to them or or open open the doors to them right. and so we've we've really um i think 2020 has been eye opening for a lot of people um and a lot of businesses i think i i do think that my eyes have been open to this for a while but this has just been such of a motivator to really push it harder and really be even more committed to saying like, we're going to be, we want to be open to everyone and we want everyone to feel welcome in coming here. Um, and, uh, and I think too, when it comes to progressive issues and things like that, I, I know that in the first half of my, my tenure at house of white, I was far more scared about being vocal about anything. Um, I can remember the first time I posted um, a same sex couple on my Instagram feed. Um, I got some, not backlash, but just like, Oh, I'm surprised you would do that. I'm I like, remember. Why? That. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, we did that and, and everyone from yeah. Evansville was like, what the fuck? Yeah. We, yeah. I mean, we yeah. had support same sex yeah. marriage. I'm we like, had mm-hmm. um, yeah. a same sex couple on that's a photographer was a photographer duo and we had them come on and speak about inclusivity. And literally yeah. right after that episode, oh my we gosh. got a huge shitstorm of yeah. people not I'm not saying this is a stereotype, but they were from Alabama. And right. Oh gosh. Right. I yeah, forgot about that guy. What a yeah. dick. Yeah. <laughs> so but I think I I think that it's interesting that you say that because I do agree it's harder to be brave when you're a new business because it's it's almost yes. like you're already doing a brave thing, but it's so important. You just to, feel so much more vulnerable. Right. You do. And and I think that that's actually the time, like then more than ever to do something and to say like, this is where I make a stand. You know, yeah. we are inclusive. We accept everybody. And this is, you know, I, I live in Charlottesville, <clears throat> excuse me, which is a very progressive city. I mean, every single business you go to coffee shops, restaurants, bars, boutiques, almost every single one has a black lives matter flag and a pride mm-hmm. flag out front. And I mm-hmm. love being in the city mm-hmm. and there's, right. there's a lot of my neighbors have like, um, you know, things on their lawn that say like, you know, we, if you are an immigrant, if you are this, if you're that, like you're welcome here. And I think that, you know, it's, it's easier in a place like Charlottesville for sure. Um, when you do get to some more kind of, I want to say conservative cities or some more like less diverse areas, I think you see that less and less. So it's so important, especially Mm -hmm. for retail places, for public offices, for places like that to make a stand. So the people in the town actually know Yes, this is a safe space. Right. Yes, I feel welcome here. And, you right. know, I have refuge here. 
um, yes. where, cause a lot of times people don't know. You right. Know? And you yeah. also have to think about, you know, I think just wedding dress shopping alone, you know, especially mm-hmm. if you, you mentioned that like your town is segregated to an extent, mm-hmm. you have to think about classism too, right? Exactly. How, you know, this is like a treat for upper white class people that would go and pick out mm-hmm. their dresses and sip on champagne mm-hmm. and have cake while they're doing their tasting. And so right. I think that has kind of lingered on, right? Like, you know, not yeah. every boutique would offer you, um, you know, bubbly and cake or whatever. Right. But now we're able to kind of elevate that experience for everybody across the board. And I think that mm-hmm. that is like really awesome to hear that you are, you know, opening doors to kind of everybody, all shapes and sizes, yeah. you know, and all of it. It's, yeah. really, it's not even like, hey, we're going to get the same luxury service, but you right. know, you hear stories from people of color all the time mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. they say, you know, like I was shopping with my best friend and we both bought the same item and we both went to the cash register at different times and the way that she was treated when, like there was a story the other day where, you know, my white passing sister-in-law oh, yeah. paid with a check, was fine, having great conversation. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. She was like, I walked up to the register, I am black, and I, you know, wrote my check and all of a sudden she booked out the check, like the book to check to see if it was a real check and then she asked for my oh, ID gosh. and then she, so it's like even yeah. things like that, that people of color are like, anticipating by you saying right. we are inclusive, we accept you. That's why it's so necessary for businesses to do that and to right. see, you know, people that look like them in those businesses. So that way they know, mm-hmm. okay, you know, not only am I going to feel more relaxed going into this and not feel like I have to be on edge, exactly. but I know this person is going to give me the same exact treatment that I deserve that everybody else gets. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Well, I would love to talk a little bit about the actual kind of experience. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you could tell a client before they came into an appointment, you know, a few things that are really, really important for them to know before they come and Mm -hmm. try to dress. Like I always say, listen, if you know that you're going to wear heels, um, bring different types of bras or underwear. Like, you know, I also tell people, a lot of people don't know that, and I don't know how your boutique works. I think it's different Mm -hmm. for each one. Like some boutiques, the the person actually comes into the the dressing room with you because it's a lot to to handle. And, you Mm -hmm. know, sometimes Mm -hmm. people are uncomfortable with that. So what what are some things that you think people might not know that they should know before they come in? I always tell, I always tell brides, like generally it's, you don't need as much as you think that you do. Um, generally I tell brides not to mess with any kind of special bra when they come in. Um, the gowns have so much construction to them and so much, um, like inner support and everything that a lot of times like a strapless bra just kind of gets in the way. So, um, I tell that same with shoes. I'm always like, just if you're more comfortable going barefoot, go barefoot because we have a pedestal for you to stand on. That's going to elevate you so that the hem looks perfect and, um, kind of make up the height differential. And, uh, so really it's, it's pretty minimal in terms of what you bring. Um, I do tell them bring whoever you want to be there when you put on the gown that you're going to get married in. <laughs> and I say that because so many times brides, um, they're like, you know, it's so important that my mom is there. Um, but then they go to five stores without their mom. And I'm like, why, why would you do that? Well, I'm going to have her come when I figure out when, when I actually buy the dress, when I actually pay for the dress. And I'm like, that's fine. But what she's missed and what I think you wanted her to be there for was that moment when you come out onto the pedestal and you're, you realize that that's your dress, that's what she's supposed to be there for. <laughs> and if you didn't bring her for that part, she's missed it. And you can't really get that time back. Or if it's your grandma or your sister or whoever. So I'm like, if you can have those essential people there, even if you think I'm just trying on dresses for fun, I'm not taking this ap- appointment seriously. You got to have those people there because you never know which dress is going to grab you which one it's going to be like a lightning bolt moment and if they miss it it's gone um so those people um i think is is crucial and then i you don't have to do a full makeup and hair trial before you come in but just come in feeling good so whatever you have to do that day you know wear your hair a way that makes you feel good do your makeup in the way that's your favorite. Um, if you uh, eat something 
most definitely before you come, <laughs> because yeah. if you're, if you're on an empty stomach, um, you know, if you were rushed in the morning and you are standing up there, you know, in the mirror with these people looking at you and you don't feel good, it's going to affect just your state of mind. Like, so I'm, I'm always like, take like some self-care. Like I said, that doesn't mean that you have to do a full primping sesh. It just means whatever makes you feel best, do that before your bridal appointment um, so that you're in the right state of mind. I think it's so funny too. I always tell my clients to like only take like the essential people. Do you find yeah. that like people yeah. will drag in like, of their best their, like you know, second cousin removed and like, I just thought uh, about that. Yeah. My, my yeah. landscaper should be here. <laughs> right. It was really it important to be here. Yeah. And like think, we, oh. we get some huge groups in here and yeah. I think it's What's definitely a like a, yeah. What's like a good I, number of people to bring. So we max it out at six. Yeah. We tell brides, if you want to bring more than six people in, we have to book you for like a different appointment. Like, right. because right. people don't realize that it does, it adds to every, like it adds to your time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. When you have, like I've had bridal appointments with 15 people wow. and it, 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 just draws everything out. It makes everything more complicated. I don't think I have 15 close friends. I don't even personally. <laughs> How would you even decide on a dress with right. that well, many opinions being thrown at your right. face? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Because yeah, at the end of the day, it comes down to which dress you feel best in. Yes. It is your feelings. You're bringing these people thinking that their outside perspective on the aesthetics is going to make a difference, and it doesn't. No, because one hundred percent. And you have that yes. always that one like super opinionated friend or like right. the person that just has to like disagree just mm-hmm. to disagree. Yeah, like it makes you double like yeah. Yeah, like, I, I've stuff. literally yes. had clients where the, truly I think that the clients that make not I don't want to say the best decisions but the most efficient decisions mm-hmm. and the ones they feel the best about have like three people with them like maybe. Yeah. Yes. Mom, I think three siblings, three people is lovely. Like, else. yeah, yeah. Mom, grandma, sister, mom, exactly. mother-in-law, sister. But I'm and I, and again, that's not to say that like your mom always has to be there, like, um, or your sister always has to be there. I always say too, like, think about your relationship with that person. Some people don't like their sister is not interested in whatsoever, and they don't right. have a great like shopping relationship with them. So I'm like, don't bring them. They don't care. Um, bring them when the gown comes in and you do your first fitting or something like that. But really like so many opinions, just, it really complicates your decision-making capabilities. And I like one phrase, I wish I could outlaw the phrase brutal honesty. You know, like Mm -hmm. there's always a woman in the group who's like, you know me, I'm brutally honest. I'm going to be brutally honest. And I'm like, honesty does not need brutality. It needs, it needs compassion. Like if you're going to speak to this, like, you know, I'm like, like, don't say the word fat in this room. Don't say the oh word ugly God. in this room. Like, cry, cry. Yeah, have you like, had people exactly. do that at appointments? Yeah, like absolutely. Oh, wow. Like, um, I would, you know, punch people. someone in the face. And it's, it's not common, but yeah, occasionally, like you'll have a bride who's you can tell like she's liking something, but then somebody says like, well, I don't know, like you looked skinnier in the other one, and I'm just like, why? Now you're. Now, immediately, her first thought is, well, do I look fat in this one? And that's right. not, that doesn't matter because you're happy in it. And yes. um, that's what it comes down to. It's your feeling. It's your happiness. And your wedding gown is such a personal decision and such a personal expression of your style that it's really hard to, you, you can't get that by pulling the group. Um, so, yeah, like, the, I, and we can say, Silver blue in the face, bring as few people as possible. There will always be girls that want to bring a large group. And I get it. It is a fun experience. Mm-hmm. And I think right now, like, we just want to be around people and we That's want true. to celebrate things. And, you know, so, you know, some groups are obviously better than others. And some brides are better at being at the center of that group of six people. Some brides are just like a duck in water in that kind of environment. But other, other brides like bringing six people would mortify them and yeah. drown them and they would hate it. So yeah. like, just listen to your own intuition as to what would be, you know, if you were going to go like go shopping for jeans, would you want like 
10 of your aunts and cousins around. And if not, then <laughs> don't yeah. bring them to your bridal no, party. I, know. I, I text like three girlfriends and I'm like, yes yeah. or no on this dress. <laughs> right. and, then, and then what happens is I end up making a decision on my, oh my own gosh, anyways. I'm so glad you bought that ripple I did, dress. Yeah. That, I actually, oh, I, so for my birthday, I did that. I pulled Linny and Megan and I was like, yes yeah. or no. Linny said no. Megan said yes. And then I was like, mm, I'm just going to do it. And then I actually. <laughs> it looked so good. It was so cute. It did look good. I was able to make Ultimately, a you already know, right? Exactly. Yeah. You know what you, you want. want. You're just looking opinion. for support. Yeah, right. Exactly. For sure. So speaking yeah. of that, um, kind of like the, a pain point of, of mm-hmm. some of that stuff, what do you think is yep. kind of like your biggest pain point with um, either the process with dealing with clients mm-hmm. or suppliers or anything really with that? Um, mm-hmm. And we'll talk about COVID separately. So just in like yes. typical day-to-day stuff. Typical day-to-day stuff. Hmm, that's a good question. I think it's tough because I'm oh, like, we're so drowned with COVID stuff. Um, I was like, <laughs> everything like, else seems so small. Yeah. <laughs> everything like everything is tight. I'm like, well, this is really just a problem because it's COVID related. Yeah. Um, I think, I think a lot of issues are working themselves out. My first thought was going to be that um, it's been really tough uh, being in bridal as long as I have bridal has not always made it easy to service plus size clients. And, um, I think that they are final, like designers are finally waking up to it. Um, at long last, I think bridal stores have really had to fight for, um, size inclusivity from the bridal industry. And, uh, because the way that it works is we, every season we buy, samples from a designer's collection. We go see their new collection. They may show 13 gowns and we say, okay, I want these five to purchase to be in my store. Um, and they may, for the longest time, a lot of designers said, okay, this is only going, we only do our samples in size 12. Well, how, how is a plus size client supposed to shop and right. try on dresses that are only sampled in a size 12. And um, so we would then have to buy above um, our order, buy additional gowns and try to budget so that we could say, okay, well, finally they would start allowing us to buy an additional, like same style, but a second one in a size 18 or a size 22. Um, and it just made the whole thing really complicated and really expensive for the store and um tough for the clients and i think finally they i think brides bridal designers are finally starting to cater to size inclusivity and brides of all shapes and it's been it's been really nice because no store like no store it never feels good to work with a bride and to not have things that fit her and make her feel beautiful. That is a horrible feeling. Being able to do that over the past few years has been great and we've made great strides in it, but it can always be better. I love that. Um, So, you know, I think, and it's really just taken stores, just real like independent retailers really advocating for it and pushing for it. And um, they're getting there, but like everything else, they can always be better. Yeah, I for got us. married back in 2011, and I think it was a size mm-hmm. like eight, like street yeah. street size, which is like you know, yes. I think it's a pretty average. Human being. Yeah. And I remember mm-hmm. walking into my appointment and like having them to like clip my dress together, like yes, and I was yeah. a size eight, and I remember being right. like so upset by that that even yes. though you know, and I know it's like slightly different when you go yeah, in for like more formal wear, they're too. different. Yeah. They they are different. Like the whole sizing thing is different. Can we just but... talk about, let's not talk about yep. it because we'll go off on a tangent, but <laughs> yeah. women's sizing right. is Some bullshit. such bullshit. bullshit. Like men are like, oh, what size is yeah. your waist? What size are, how long are your yeah. legs? And women are like, you might be a small, you might be an XXL. Surprise. Right. <laughs> what store are you going to? But I remember yeah. like being so upset that I yeah. was like, I'm not, I'm not fat. And not right. that it doesn't, it should, doesn't matter. Of course, I'm bigger no. now than I was, you know, 10 years ago. But, like, 
I just remember being that, like, that took away that joy from the day. Absolutely. And I was like, I yes. love this dress. I know I want to try this dress. Like, this is the one I'm coming mm-hmm. to this boutique for. And being like, oh, man, like, she has to clip me into this. It's hard to, ha- it's just hard to feel, I feel like, body positivity yeah. when literally you're yes. going to, to do this thing where you should feel the most beautiful and yeah. special mm-hmm. and you literally can't even fit into the clothes because yeah. the designers right. are being dickheads. Right. I will say, right. with like, with House of White, just your team – you guys all mm-hmm. th- and I've been to several appointments with like different brides and mm-hmm. right. you guys do such a good job of getting to know your client and their body yeah. before you sure. pull things off the rack and before you let yes. them pull things off the rack. Yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> right. Like me walking in, be right. like, I'm gonna get a mermaid dress and right. like not realizing the size of my ass at the time. <laughs> like maybe not that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, and doing no. it in a positive way too. Yeah. And being like, no, you know, exactly. for your body shape, try this instead yeah. and being the right. expert. Yeah, you know, for sure. It's different. Who's the is yeah. it Essence of Australia? They, mm-hmm. like the last few weddings we've had, they've all had, all of our brides have not been large, but just bigger girls and mm-hmm. like right. all different kinds of designs from them, but all of them yes. like plus size mm-hmm. and fit yeah, like, I think they like wonderfully. Yeah. Hmm. They've done a, a really great job of, yeah, they're one of our designers. <laughs> they're like one of our favorite go-tos for size inclusive styles. Um, they, they've done a really great job. And again, I think they're a huge company in the bridal world. Um, they're, they're just a really big brand. And so by brands like them taking the lead, then other people start to follow. And so it's been a really nice kind of domino effect, which has been great. Man, where were you guys 10 years ago? Know. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, even like just in the last like three years, I think it's made a huge leap, um, the bridal industry, which is, which is great. Um, but yeah, still so much farther to go. I yep. think there, there can still always be progress in that regard, but it's getting better because I know, I know it was not great for a long time. Yep. Well, and you have experience in that too. I mean, you yeah. mentioned off air that you actually used to work for a very reputable designer. Yeah. Can you yes, tell us yes, yes. a little bit about like your background in that and your insight into working for yeah. Couture? Yeah. So I, you know, I like first job out of fashion school, I started working for like a very high end couture bridal designer. Um, I started as an intern and uh, then was offered a job full time. Um, and, and yeah, so I, I know, like, I know firsthand, I've, I've sat in those meetings where designers are saying like, you know, it's too expensive to make sample sizes in all sizes. It's easier for us to just cut them all in eights and send them out to the store. So do that because that's, that saves us money. Um, and, you know, utilizing size charts that are outdated or, uh, just unrealistic and and that kind of thing, not to like, I don't know, throw people under the bus, but, um, do it, throw that. Yeah. (laughs) But there she goes under the tire. But, uh, but no, like, uh, yeah, it was a wild experience. Um, and, uh, I think it, I don't know. I always say it was like my devil versus Prada. There phase. you go. Um, yeah, we were gonna. <laughs> I was, I was for sure, Andy. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, and you I think know, you learn something like, from those types of things. Yeah, you learn. Take the, take the good with the bad. You learn a ton from those kinds of things. Like I said, I would never be here if I hadn't been there first. And I right. think nothing makes you appreciate a great job like a shitty job. So. Oh, yeah. um, you just, you learn and, um, oh my gosh, there are, there were so many skilled people at that team as well, but you know, a lot of times the the super skilled people are the people behind the scenes, the people who don't, you know, they're not in the, in the branding or the marketing of a company. Um, they're not out front They're They're, they're grinding in the back, making everything work. Making so, yeah, I love exactly. That. 
I yep. love that you, you said, obviously you learned a lot from that and, and like the different mm-hmm. moments. I mean, that mm-hmm. obviously we ch- kind of touched on it at the beginning part of the episode, but yeah. certainly the start of the current state of the world is mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. a big major topic. Although, you know, we, we don't want to like make everything about COVID because like, I know, right? Welcome to the COVID podcast. Uh, Welcome to the COVID all about COVID. Sorry, COVID, Christy, COVID. It's COVID corner now. <laughs> um, but you, you said something um, in your question. Questionnaire uh, yeah. that, that I thought was really poignant. So you said, um, COVID has given me, as a small business owner, permission to give less fucks and run my business right. the way that I want. Right. There are definitely mm-hmm. decisions I've made during this time that have resulted in a much better outlook on my work and a more positive relationship with my business. I know I wouldn't yeah. have given myself permission to do these things pre-COVID. There's a lot less fear, ironically, and more embracing of my vulnerabilities. I love yeah. that. Can you expand mm-hmm. on that a little bit and kind of maybe even tell us how it's changed, you know, your business or way of life yeah. for, for better or worse? Absolutely. Like, you know, obviously COVID is a scary time for small businesses and, um, it's, it really like you every day, I feel like you're re-strategizing how you're going to operate your business. You know, like, are we, are we mandating masks in our business? Are we, uh, changing our hours? What precautions are we taking? Like we've had to space out appointments and, um, you know, just take a lot more precautions on a day-to-day basis. So, it's just kind of given me permission to make decisions for my business based on what our needs are instead of constantly worrying about somebody being upset with us. And I am a people pleaser to my core. Like I, uh, I hate feeling that I've made somebody upset. Like I can remember the first client that yelled at me and I cried in her face. Like I'm just, I don't take criticism well and I want to please everybody. But, and I feel like we are now like in the phase of the Karen, like we, (laughs) we acknowledge that there are, there are people out there that will always be difficult regardless of how hard you try to accommodate them. So I think we just, I, I know I just kind of developed this viewpoint that like, I can't please everyone, but I can do what I know I need to do for my business. So, um, for example, like worrying about our hours. Like I, I can remember for years, I felt like we needed to be so available for walk-ins and, um, for people to pop in and just be available, available, available. And COVID has made me be like, no, we're going to be operating by appointment right now. And if we're done at four, we're going home because we are working twice as hard for half as much right now. Mm -hmm. And we're going to give ourselves a break. Um, and just like different policies, you know, having to ask for your money up front, um, Mm -hmm. and make, not making payment plans, the default, like little things like that, that before I would have felt bad asking for that. But I think right now I'm, I'm okay with telling people, you know, like we're running a business in the time of COVID and we're trying to keep the lights on. So you need to pay in full because weddings are getting canceled right and left and yeah. we don't want our business to suffer because of that. Right? Yeah. And I we, mean, you know, we lead with sympathy and empathy, but at the end of the day, this is our reality. And it's a business mm-hmm. you have to run. It's a bit, exactly. It's a business. I mean, I, I was thinking this the other day, like, you know, if you buy a car, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like something happens and you are unable to drive your car anymore. You know, mm-hmm. your car company, the car loan company, they're not going to be like, <laughs> they don't well, give a shit. sorry, <laughs> like, what do you want us to do right. about it? They're still going to expect yeah. those monthly payments. So, you know, it's interesting how the mentality of when it's a big, nameless, faceless corporation, you mm-hmm. just think like, well, there's no option. But then right. when it's a small business, you think like, well, let me just see what you I can get. You always know, right. think you can talk your way out of it. Yeah. I am writing down that car analogy because that's brilliant I mean, it's only <laughs> because i worked in the that. car business that's the only reason that's all i've got is that one analogy no, but so. i always like i had a conversation earlier this week i was like it's like it's like skipping out on the bill when you've mm-hmm. ordered this like right. beautiful dinner um right. it's like somebody still made that for you yep. 
even if you're done with it or, you know, uh, you still have to pay the tab. Yeah. And and the thing is like with the car thing, it's like, well, you may say, well, I'm not using the car. So like, I can't use it. So therefore why am I paying for it? It's like, it doesn't matter. You sign a contract and you're contractually obligated. And unfortunately Mm -hmm. circumstances happen, happens with all of us. But you know, this, like you said, is the year of the Karen. And Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's a really pivotal moment for small businesses, Mm -hmm. especially because small businesses are shuttering left and right across Mm -hmm. the country for right sure. now to basically yeah. say, listen, these are my mm-hmm. policies. I don't want to be the yeah. bad guy. I don't want to be the person that has to say no to you, but this is what I need to do to survive. And, and, you know, yeah. customers and clients have to be understandable of that. You know, when you, when you say like, Hey, I'm not, you know, I, I'm no longer getting married that therefore I don't need this. It's like, mm-hmm. sure. But we literally took your deposit to place the yeah. order, to pay for mm-hmm. our staff, mm-hmm. to keep the electricity on, to right. have you into the store, to try it on. We pay those people mm-hmm. for the day. And like there's things that go yep. into that. And I think that being able to, to be, to be a little bit more fierce and a, a little bit more yes. business savvy Love and it. saying, right. listen, right. this is what it is. I'm so yep. sorry. I do sympathize with you and, and mm-hmm. we're happy to help you work out another option if we can and if it's reasonable right. but right now it's you can't just come in and walk all over people it's everyone right. is suffering right now so we have to be right. you know as much as it's hard I'm, I'm also a peaceful people pleaser um mm-hmm. it's also it's hard to basically say you know uh, no but it, there's right. so much power behind that um yeah. that you can then keep your business afloat I mean number one I but, think just being yeah. in sales makes you that's a, true. A people pleaser. Yeah. Also, <laughs> for sure. The mentality of people right now with like big box stores or mm-hmm. like corporate mm-hmm. businesses versus like small businesses. This where very, did that come from? Yeah, very different. It's like just because yeah. you are a sole business owner, nothing. Right. You're more like, human. You're more accessible. Yeah. So like, and easier right. to crush, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You think yeah. that you can get more flexible out yeah. of a person standing in front of you. And mm-hmm. the thing is, what's interesting is that, you know, if I go return a bag of potatoes to Costco, like Costco's not going to shutter its doors tomorrow. Yeah. But if I go to my small business right. that I get service from and say, hey, I can no longer pay for the service, that means that's potentially one more business out of, you know, no longer here. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, small right. business shapes the landscape of America and it makes the charm of small town America and makes communities and neighborhoods feel human. So we right. can absolutely be all dicks and, and close all the small businesses and just shop at Walmart and Costco and Sam's Club mm-hmm. and never talk to one another. But like, that's the dystopia that I don't want to get to. <laughs> and I feel you. like people no. don't understand the repercussions of their decisions now affect us long term down the line. Right. Absolutely. Also, can I yeah. vote to retire the name Karen from here on out? I mean, <laughs> I can we just the take only, that right the off only the baby Karen, The only Karen I like is my Aunt Karen. She's actually a sweet, lovely woman. I know woman. some good Karens, uh, too. I'm always like, those poor, sweet Karens out right. there who are just like, guys, But I you know what? Nothing. You never hear about them because they're so nice. Because they're so nice. Yeah. Just, they just keep to themselves. That's they right. keep their heads down. Uh-huh. They're like, no, just call me K-Dog from now on. <laughs> Don't want to be associated. Wasn't it Kate for a while? Like it was like Kate Carol Lizette or whatever, or Carol. Uh, and then Carol from HR. Was like Linda. Carol from HR. Kate was like the meme of the haircut. Yeah, like the, the, haircut. Haircut. Okay. the manager, yeah. Like the mom the... manager haircut. So I think mm-hmm. you know, I I love what we've talked about. We normally kind of wrap up episodes with like a fun mm-hmm. tidbit, so like or a yeah. weird question. So yes. I'm trying to think of Rachel can think of the weird question this week. Have Maybe. you ever been abducted by aliens in a cornfield in Indiana? There you <laughs> go. <laughs> Or do you know anyone uh, who's been abducted by aliens in a corn field? I in Indiana? sincerely think that if I had, I would not know about it. Fair enough. That's right. Yep. Agreed. They scrub your brain. They of do. Recollection. Have right? you ever had like several hours of time missing <laughs> from a day? <laughs> oh, I'm sure. While at Indiana University, there are gaps That's from fair. like my That's college fair. days. Not alcohol related. Where, but, uh... Yep. It's a yes, different type of experience. It. Well, good. Yeah. And maybe, maybe you can share. And we we try to do something wholesome. Um, talking yes. about like wins of the week. Do you have any like wins of the week you'd like to or just share? Recent, yeah, recent or happy recent, news. Happy or news that you're excited about. Ooh, or you feel man. Good about? Brag a little bit if you want to. Brag a little bit. Um, oh, we just had a really great photo shoot. Um, last week that has just like had me in a good mood all week. Love it. Um, it was a photo shoot that I had planned for 
April. Of course. And um, then that obviously COVID ruined everything. (laughs) And so like, as the summer went on, I was like, I would love to get this same cast of characters because we, it was going to be like racially and racially inclusive, size inclusive, just like this group of beautiful women of all colors, shapes and sizes doing this photo shoot. And we finally got them all together and we did the photo shoot on the side of our building. I had painted a mural there <gasps> on the side of our building. That's awesome. Go look at it. <laughs> I did it last summer and it was kind of like I did it right before our really busy season started so it was like I painted this this huge mural and then we kind of got sidetracked with work and then never really like never really like photographed it a ton or did much with it so I was like I want to have this photo shoot I want to photograph like take the photos in front of the mural to commemorate it and that's what we did we did that last week it was just the best way to spend an afternoon it was like COVID didn't even happen. The election didn't happen. Like nothing, all of that noise that's all going on right now was gone. Yeah. And it was just like this group of like eight women doing these beautiful photos together. It was so fun. I loved it. That's awesome. I'm like looking at it Megan right now. Permuta was our, oh, yeah. so Megan Permuta was our photographer. She did so great. So it was good. just a blast. Awesome. Yeah. Love that's her. Awesome. That's a good win. I love that. Yeah. Good well, yeah, we would love Long to obviously have our, our listeners, you know, take a peek at, at you and your social media and your website. Yes. Where can we direct them? Absolutely. Um, Instagram is definitely where we're the most active. Um, how, at House of White Bridal is our Instagram. At House of White Lately is me, and that's me and my crazy toddlers doing yes. God knows what. So um, they're gems. And then our website, houseofwhitebridal.com. Um, my, uh, my employee Liz has just been working her little heart out on our Pinterest page lately. So go take a look at that and yes. like her pins because she has been working her tail off. I like our that. pins, damn it. Look at, I know. Look at yeah. all the fun, beautiful, pretty things on there. I love. Absolutely. It's like so, so hard. With, Also your like, selfie Pinterest. game is like so strong. So strong. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I wish I could take a selfie like that. I mean, you also are like a Glamazon too, but. Oh, please. Well, thank you. I am, but I am never a first take selfie. I'm never a first take anything. Like, (laughs) don't let it look simple. I take multiples until I figure out what I like. You got to. You got to do the whole shoot, you know? Yes. Yes. You got to get it done. I'm not that cool. Oh, I think you are. But we got, yeah, you got some girl crushes over here. Yeah, so. I know. Already. Well, thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Andrea. This has been so lovely. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like we we work with bridal boutiques every day, yet I've never had such a thorough, impactful <laughs> conversation with one of them. Because it's usually like, well, can we you. schedule this appointment for my bride at this time, at this date, with this many people? And they're like, yes or no. And then it's like, okay, what do I need to tell them? Like, it's just very business-like. Yeah, so I feel like for this sure. Is All business. So no, lovely. it was great to like kick back and chat with you guys. Uh, I loved it. I love your podcast so much. Mm. I just love hearing smart women talk about interesting topics aliens of all shapes and sizes <laughs> and you. aliens thank you for calling us smart. and peeing your pants yes <laughs> oh like all of it yes megan midwest represent uh, andrea i'm sorry i'm so sorry no, i love we it know we two people from indiana and one of them pees your pants uh, one of them is no, a success I, story i came i came prepared with a pee pants story but it's fine we oh, oh wait we have a pee pants story how of course, like I feel like I've Andrea, yeah, you have to share. You have it now. to share. Everybody's this is our... peed their pants before, <laughs> That's be right? The new thing, the new way we end. What is your pee pants? When's the last story? time you peed your pants? I was expecting it to be on the questionnaire. Like well, now, damn it is. it. Now we're gonna tell add us it all about sure. it. Yeah. Oh no. Oh shoot. Oh well. I mean, uh, like to to be honest, I actually didn't hear. I heard that there was a pee pants story of Megan's, but I didn't actually hear what it was. Oh. Was it in adulthood or was it in childhood? Because oh, I have like, both. It was like two months ago. So remember, it was like a month ago. Remember when I came home okay. for that shoot with you guys yes. like a few weeks ago? Yeah. yeah it was, she was so excited. It, it was then. <laughs> it was then. Okay. I remember one time. Um, oh, God. This is horrible because it's like a pee pants story and a drunk story. Yes. <laughs> Those are the best. That's really weird. Yeah. should be going together. Like, yeah. Right. Like Halloween in college, I was dressed in like a Greek toga and I was in this line forever for the bath. Oh, I can't believe I'm telling this after (laughs) I've been like professional bridal store owner. We can cut this. um, I I love it. We're keeping it. We are keeping it. 
I was in like this packed college bar, um, in line for the bathroom. It was not moving. It was taking forever. So I was like, whatever. I'm just standing here in a toga, literally just like, I'm going to just pee standing right here and nobody's going to know. And I did. And I just left. Good for you. I literally was telling them about how I peed outside for the first time this year. And I was like, oh my God, this is the... But like a togo would be so easy. I to tried do to pee it. in I a mean, urinal when I was in college. So we've all peed in very strange situations. My it old happens. Ro- my old roommate actually busted her face open peeing in a parking garage in front of the car oh. during again Halloween. Oh my gosh. She also yep. kicked her shoe off across the club in the middle of like dancing. Like literally it hit the bar, like thudded into the bar. And people yeah. were looking around like, did somebody just get shot? What's going on? Is someone shooting? No. It was like everybody cr- down. Yeah, so, it was bleeding all I over will, the place. I am, like, hereby announcing that all of our guests have to come prepared with the yeah. pee story. If you want to yep. be on if you want to be on FS Successes, you have to pee your pants and then tell us about it. I love That's it. That's the right Everybody's done it already. Don't let anybody say they've never peed their pants. All the cool like, kids do. Somewhere in your history is a pee pants story. Absolutely. Yep. I think this is a good place <laughs> to wrap it We can't talk A lovely that. way to <laughs> wrap it all up. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll have guys, to have you back thank on later. You. Definitely. Lenny, Absolutely. Anytime. Can, where can our followers oh, find us? Our followers. Okay. Well, you mm-hmm. can find us Flip on Instagram where we are probably peeing our pants. It's <laughs> f.up.successes. You can send us your pee stories to our Gmail at f.successes at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook. We're really not really on Facebook, but we're there. Am I missing anything? Oh, YouTube? YouTube. Drunk, yeah, Drunk Guys, Martha. Drunk Martha. Drunk Martha is coming. Drunk and Martha it's is gonna coming. It's going to be epic. It's going to be super. Yeah. So We're going to be very drunk. We might pee on We might live pee our pants. TV. Maybe we'll do testing no, of peeing our Peeing pants. in different outfits <laughs> yeah. during coronavirus. We need to move on from this. Does topic. a mask protect you <laughs> from coronavirus and someone else's urine? That's <laughs> going to be the episode. Anyways, you guys, stay safe, stay healthy. Definitely pee your pants. We love all of you. Bye. Bye.